You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, I'm great. Let me tell you why I'm excited today. I wasn't excited about the softball loss by any means, uh, but I can quickly get over stuff, especially when I feel like the team did all they could. And I think this team went as far as they could possibly go after the Bailey Dowling injury that was, you know, much earlier this season. So they went as far as they possibly could, and I'm real proud of them. So I was able to quickly jump and realize that pretty much the next Alabama team that I'm going to be rooting for in a game that I'm watching with my eyes is Alabama football. That's next. Football, next. Yeah, and going back to softball for a second, I think this is a classic case of getting so hot you got overheated. Um, yep, yep. The, the exactly. team had won, what, 20 in a row? And yeah, against you know, and like 18 or 19 against ranked teams. Yeah, and eventually you just, your motor burns out. I mean, yep. you can only do so much. I mean, I think the Alabama peaked with the perfect game. And then um, the worst thing that could happen to Alabama, which seems on the surface like the best thing, you know, these various delays, um, Montana Fouts actually gets an extra day of rest. And as soon as they said that on the broadcast, and it, I thought about it that way, I was like, that's not good. She, she was on fire and we, I mean, she was doused. Um, and she was just absolutely rocked. And I, I'm not going to take anything away from Florida State. The Montana Fouts was not on her game. There's no doubt. At the same time, um, uh, at the same time, Florida State had a wonderful uh, game plan. They they choked up on the bats, and um, you know they they understood what she was going to be throwing. And soon as she hit the, um, soon as the home run was hit. They showed Montana Fouts. Now, I have not seen a replay. Maybe my memory's playing tricks on me. But soon as I saw that, um, they showed it looked like she started biting her fingernails to me, which is, you know, a classic sign of nervousness. And I, I said, she's, that's it for her. She's done. Now, they only got, they didn't get any more runs that particular inning, but then they scored um, in the next two innings on her. And um, it, it just was too much to overcome. Um, it, it, look, kudos to the girls. They essentially made it to the final three, <laughs> a final four if you want to get super tech. But um, kudos to them. It's a great run. You won the SEC tournament. Um, you, had, you had a great season. Montana Fouts comes back next year. She'll be pissed off. Um, this is great. I mean, I, I, I like where we are. We're not going to win the national championship this year, but that's okay. You know, and, and me and you talked about it here. I, I think you know we're hardly we're hardly the softball podcast. <laughs> I don't know that there is one unless Gray Robertson and Tim Tom Canabier are doing one. And by the way, they do an outstanding job on on calling softball games for the Crimson Tide Sports Network. And I've had Gray as a guest on my radio show, and he's 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 as knowledgeable about so women's softball as Cecil Hurd is about Alabama football. Uh, he's he's something, but. Look, we, we were kind of ahead of the curve here when we said uh, two different two different times this year, if you listen to the podcast every day, when Bailey Dowling got hurt, which is now months ago, but when Bailey Dowling got hurt, we said at the time, 
It's a blow that's likely to, to, to maybe cost the team a championship, be it national or SEC, that if anything, Alabama was short on bats, and boom, there goes the second best bat. And gosh, could could Alabama have used a second Bailey, you know, in the postseason? Did y'all notice how how big a second Bailey would have been? And, and that's how good Bailey Dowling was as a freshman. She was just Alabama's second best hitter behind Bailey Hempel. So we said it here. That's probably going to cost the championship. And we said that months ago. And then what me and you said going into this postseason, even though Alabama was on fire, we said, if Alabama doesn't win the championship, it will be because they're a bat or two short. And I know it was the pitching that failed in the last game. But does anyone say, well, Alabama just didn't have the pitching to win the national championship? That's bullshit. Alabama had Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle, who, by the way, unnoticed Lexi was very good last night in the sense she inherited a disaster. Yeah, she gave up a couple of hits. She gave up a run or two that was her own responsibility. But considering what she inherited, Lexi Kilfoyle was great. She was also great the night before when Alabama lost two to nothing. But it's that game in particular, Luke, where where Alabama went sideways, the two nothing loss. And, and where the lack of bats showed up. So really what I would argue is this Alabama team finished third in the nation without its second best hitter. And softball is just not like football. Losing a star really hurts. No, no one's got multiple stars sitting on the bench. I mean, you know, it's, it's just not that that sport doesn't have that, that sort of depth yet. So, what a great season. It'll be a really good team again next year. And uh, Patrick Murphy once again building one of the great programs in the sport. It only pales in comparison to Alabama football and Nick Saban, which, by the way, every program in every sport pales in comparison to Nick Saban's Alabama football. All right, buddy, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about an article Pete Samuel wrote. Guys, did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Okay, so that's where Stat Hero comes in. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. That's it. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is the daily fantasy sports way it's meant to be. It's one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up. For free, right now, you can get three times back on your first play. Three times! They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Nothing to lose here. Gives you a multi-day fantasy survivor contest for all sports all year long. See the competition ahead of time. Pick the lineup you can beat. Go ahead and and go right at them head-to-head. No pool of opponents. No matter how you play, there's a contest for you. Stathero.com. Go there, ASAP, stathero.com. 
Also want to tell everybody about Built Bar. BuiltBar.com. Look, I, I, I'm not lying when I say this, guys. I had my Grasshopper Cookie Built Bar for lunch today. Delicious. It's chocolate. It's it's chewy. It's gooey. It's nice. It's got little like uh, cookie sprinkles or some kind on top. It's fantastic. It's good to maintain or to lose weight. Lord knows I need to lose some weight. So I'm all about some Built Bar right now. Good for a keto diet. Absolutely delicious and nutritious. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. Promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off that order. And then you will, right after that, call me and thank me if you have my number. If you don't have my number, I will give you Jimmy's number. So you can call him and thank him. That is promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. Go there ASAP. You're going to love Built Bar. And I know a lot of our listeners have already tried them. And we appreciate y'all. Jimmy, Pete Thamel apparently came out with an article about how the most likely playoff scenario expansion is now 12 teams. Okay, you and I have been pretty much against expansion. However, I'm resigned to the fact that it is going to happen, so I can't fight it. I'm not going to bitch about it anymore. But 12 teams seems to present a lot of problems to me. Um, Again... I can get behind whatever scenario you want to get behind as long as we talk about the consequences. I I think the consequence of this is the the only logical thing to do is cut back a game or two from the regular season. And everybody says, okay, that's great. Why do we need to see Alabama play Furman or Auburn play Akron? I I understand that rationale. Um, I would say that the cities of Tuscaloosa and Auburn and Starkville and Baton Rouge and Columbus, Ohio, and wherever else would say, hey, we kind of dig these home games, you know, because they make us several million dollars. So that's one thing. Secondly, um, I would argue that um, those games are fun for the fans in the sense that those are sometimes the only games some people get to go see. When it's an SEC game and the face value of a ticket is 120 bucks, and the scalp value is 250 and that's before you buy the counterfeit ticket like I did in South Carolina a few years ago, um, and then you have to pay another 150 to get an actual ticket, um, then, you know, you say, hey, when can I take my family? Well, you can take your family to the Furman game, and because you've got a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a six-year-old that they don't really understand the game yet, they get all the experience of going to the game, they all they know is when our team scores, everybody cheers, and you can leave in the third quarter, and they still went and you made memories. That's that's a fun thing. Um, now, having said all that, if the ultimate goal is just to expand the playoffs, then maybe twelve teams is right. Because the more I think about this, um, the idea of eight bothers me in the sense that I know we're going to have automatic qualifiers, which I hate. Um, but if we're going to do automatic qualifiers, then my argument would be, I think you got to go to 12 because what's going to happen with the automatic qualifiers when somebody like a nine and three Florida team wins SEC championship and they automatically get in, they're stealing a spot from a team that really deserves it. So if you have 12 though, that team will still get in. Yeah, I get that. That rationale uh, sort of sells the day for me in terms of why I would like it more than expanding to six or eight, uh, which would also include automatic qualifiers. I have no doubt that's where we're headed is automatic qualifiers. And the reason this is happening 
Like, why would this happen? Well, it's happening because, because the world pretty much sucks. That's why it's happening. But secondly, it's happening because these conferences uh, that, that aren't producing teams that can make the four-team playoff, they're the ones insisting about this. They need automatic qualifiers. The Pac-12 needs an automatic qualifier. The Big 12 needs an automatic qualifier. The group of five is insisting inclusion, and they are over half of the 130 teams that play Division I football. Um, they're insisting inclusion. So if you're going to include, so now we're up to six. So now we're up to five power five. So now you're up to six. And then, okay, well, how many wild cards, you know, how many, how many second place finishers are we going to include? And I mean, eight, eight, may, maybe, maybe 12 means basically, like you said, Luke, all the wild cards that are deserving get in. Um, so I, I've, you know, like you said, Luke, we can't stop it. I mean, I'm going to bitch about it because I just feel like the destruction of, of the greatest sport ever made is, is now close to complete because now it's clear that the future is all of the players will be paid. Uh, and, and we have an NFL-style playoff system. So basically what we have is the NFL. We have paid professional players and an expanded playoff and going undefeated won't be important anymore. And the sport has just changed dramatically because what we've done is professionalize everything. And again, people, this is unpopular when I say it because people think it's a bad analogy and I don't mean it as apples to apples, but as one of my many words of warning, as I say all the time is, the best minor league sport we have in the United States is minor league baseball because we have an extensive minor league system that includes most of the medium-sized cities in the entire United States of a minor league baseball team. And you know who cares about this? About nobody. nobody. No, none of you out there can name who was the best triple-A team, who was the best double-A team. Now, you can name individual players that play in the minor leagues because they're great MLB prospects, but you can't name the teams because when you make college football a literal minor league of the NFL, then no one's going to care about anything but the NFL. And, and that's fine. The NFL is the most popular sport. And I'm fine with it being the most popular sport. I'm just saying that what made college football special was its uniqueness. College football was unique compared to all the other sports. Now it's just like, all the other sports and, and, and no, I'm totally referring agree. to pro sports. Now it's just like all, now it's just like all the others and all that unique stuff that made an opener between Georgia and Clemson, maybe the best game of the whole year. I'm at, Luke, if there's a 12 team playoff, there's no other word to use. I want to use the F word, but I'm not, I'll use shit instead of the F word. <laughs> but if there's a 12 team playoff, who gives a shit who wins the Georgia Clemson game Labor Day weekend? And, and see, it, Jimmy, why would it matter in the this. world? It won't. And here's my thing you're absolutely right. And some people would counter that with, well, Georgia and Clemson doesn't matter that much anyway because the loser can just win out and get in the playoffs. That's true, but they do have to win out. They do have to win out. I, I mean, if, if, if Georgia loses another game or Clemson loses another game specifically, Georgia might have another shot if they mm -hmm. uh, win the SEC title. But if, but if Clemson were to lose Georgia and another game, no mm -hmm. chance they get in. No chance. Yep. Um, 
So I, I think that's where – but if, if Clemson were to lose this game and then, say, another ACC game and then the ACC uh, championship game by one point, they're probably still getting in. And to me, they've proven they're not national championship worthy. And this is my, always my argument about baseball, about basketball, about every other playoff system in the world where undeserving teams can get hot and, and just at the right time. And because they get hot, they get a chance to win a title. I don't like it. The, 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 again, I go back to the SEC basketball tournament, ACC basketball tournament. Those things are complete money grabs and bullshit because it gives, <laughs> yeah. it, it gives a team that is a, has a losing record a shot to get into a tournament to win a national championship. And then people say, well, what's the, what's the harm in letting them have a shot at it? Well, the harm is you steal, if you're going to have yep. 64 teams, you steal a bid from somebody that does deserve it. One yeah, of the you cheapened the whole regular season. All that money exactly. you pay for to go see a regular season game is gone. And it ends up, it didn't really matter that much. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm with you. College football is the most unique, beautiful sport in the world to me. And we are just turning it into the NFL light. We now have free agency. We are going to pay the players. Um, we and, and, and we're going to have this expanded playoff. And, I mean, I get it that some of it was a money grab on the regular season part because everything that, that is in college football is sponsored now. You know, the so-and-so first down, the so-and-so uh, line marker, the, you know, on the field there'll be um, superimposed logos and shit like that. I understand, uh, but I just hate seeing it. Now it's the snowball effect. The, the professionalizing of this sport has increased expan uh, you know, uh, exponentially in the terms of once it started, you, you can't stop it. And I just, I just hate it. I hate to see it go this route. Um, I, I mean, what's the pretty soon, what's the difference between college football and the G League? And I also get it that some of this is Nick Saban's fault in the sense that He's the one that has started selling the fact, hey, the best players all need to come here. And, yeah, you first of all, if you're the best player, I'll play you if you're a freshman or not. Secondly, if you come here, yeah, you've got another five-star you're battling against. But if you want to get NFL ready, you know, forget uh, political science major. Don't worry about that. Yeah, you can get it. But if you want to get NFL ready, come here and play against NFL players all the time. And Alabama has turned into, oddly, the, the one thing that Joab Thomas didn't want us to be, which is a football factory. And I'm, I'm pro football factory. Shit, I love it. But it does, um, it does change the way you look at the teams versus, say, something like 92 with a bunch of homegrown talents and some overachievers like a Jay Barker, et cetera, et cetera. But regardless, it is what it is. Expansion's coming. You and I have known it. I'm not for it. Uh, but, but my – you know, sort of like when you lose a presidential election or a school board or whatever, my team lost. And so I can't bitch about it. I've just got to roll with the punches. You know, if I if you didn't vote for Biden and he won, he's still your president and he still gets to do presidential things. So try to be a good American. I'm going to try to be a good college football fan, even though I know the way I want this to be isn't going to be so. Jimmy, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, I've got a recruiting question for you. All right, everybody. You also need to go to BetOnline.com 
betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. They'll give you a 50% welcome bonus. So all three live reads of it day give you big time welcome bonuses of some description or, you know, some savings off your shipping, everything. Go to betonline.ag. You can bet on reality TV. You can bet on Major League Baseball. Yes, I said reality TV. You can bet on softball if you're so inclined. You can bet on reality TV. You can bet on the NBA playoffs. You can bet on reality TV. I keep emphasizing reality TV. I don't know if you caught that or not, but at betonline.ag, you can also play poker. You can play blackjack. You can do all these super fun things at betonline.ag. Well worth the uh, the time and effort, which is very little, to get signed up. Use that promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus. That's huge. And then you start playing and you start winning. BetOnline.ag. Okay, so um, Pete Golding tweeted out the other day, uh, Roll Tide or whatever the hell he does, and um, it wasn't boom. That was a Miles On thing or Bruce Pearl thing or some shit. He tweets but, RTR. Okay, RTR. Okay, whatever it is. And then Le'Veon Moss commits, which was great. I, I didn't predict that one, and I thought that was great. But oddly, that same day, earlier in the day, Walter Nolan, the number two player in the country, a huge defensive tackle out of uh, Tennessee, he had tweeted out, hey, I'm going to be making my commitment very soon. Now, he had just come off a visit to Florida, so a lot of people assumed it was going to be Florida. But then when Pete Golding made that tweet, some people thought it was Alabama. Do we know, do we have a good feeling on what Walter Nolan's going to do here? Well, I think to me, I'm reading between the lines. I think it's clear he really, really enjoyed his trip to Florida. But, hey, these kids have been cooped up, locked up, no visits, no unofficials, no officials, no swooping into campus to talk to the coach. All all that changed starting June 1st. It should not be a surprise that kids fall in love on on that first visit because they they haven't – these these seniors haven't – didn't have the junior year recruiting experience – that uh, previous classes had. So I, I, I'm not surprised Walter Nolan loved Florida and then, then immediately felt like he wanted to commit probably what happened because we've seen all these recruiting stories before. The kid goes on the trip. The kid loves the trip. The kid has his own phone. The kid has access to his own Twitter. The kid tweets what he feels. Uh, he might legitimately have felt like, okay, Florida's the place for me. I'm sold. And then makes a tweet. And then his, the people around him, you know, you can call it a handler. I, I mean, you know, every kid's got a handler. It's just many of the time the handler's their parent or their high school coach. Um, it, it's not always some street agent. Um, but my guess is some adults got to Walter and just went, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you make up your mind, how about you visit Alabama? How about you visit Texas A&M and Georgia? And, and I think he's kind of put the brakes on. Uh, now, lean to Florida, sure. Signs with Florida, very, very possible. Uh, but, but my guess is that one's not done yet. Let's see if he doesn't feel the same way uh, about, that he felt about Florida after he visits all these other places. But I would just say this in terms of if you want a hot take, uh, gun to my head right now, who's the best prospect in the country, regardless of position, Walter Nolan. I think he's the best uh, prospect in this whole class. Matt Quinn, yours guy is pretty damn good, though. He is, but I'll never get—I'll never get past the hair. 
that's professional uh, evaluation from you right there. Hey, hey, and I may have said something negative at some point or some jokey thing about Trevor's hair, but hey, I'm going to give Trevor this. I've seen Trevor with one haircut. I've seen him with the one haircut since high school. It's it's been the same, and, and 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 to me, it's gone from unique to iconic. I mean, it's iconic. There's going to be a bust in Canton one day with that haircut. <laughs> and, and, and 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 to me, it's it's iconic. I give Trevor props for that. Will I say the same thing about Quinn Ewers if he has Trevor's career? I don't know. His hair is just. Bad. I mean, it's funny you bring that up because this weekend, uh, as I was going through Twitter and me and the wife were in some stores, it occurred to me I'd never shown her Quinn Ewers before. And I said, I told her, I said, you know how unique Trevor's hair was, uh, you know, the number one quarterback in this class nationally. He's going to Ohio State. Uh, He has unique hair like Trevor, but I think it's like really, 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 really bad in comparison. Trevor is like Jennifer Aniston on Friends. Oh, and yeah. um, and she said, it can't be that bad. And then I pulled up the picture of Quinn Ewers, and she said, yeah, that was even worse than I imagined. <laughs> you undersold it. I you did. undersold how shitty his haircut was. I did. Uh, Jimmy, you know, it's interesting, the point you bring up about visits, because um, I do listen to the Locked on Auburn podcast with Zach Blackman, um, and Ooh. they were talking about – uh, this this receiver from Oregon that visited Auburn from Portland, and he was just raving about the visit. Said he can't wait to get back to Auburn. This was blew me away, and I was thinking, yeah, the guy. First of all, it's the first visit the guy's been. Period. So everybody's going to say that. Secondly, he's been in Portland. He's so happy not to have a Molotov cocktail thrown in his face. Uh, <laughs> some protest that he could have gone to Boise. He could have gone to. A Des Moines, he could have gone wherever and been like, this blew me away. So, yeah. I mean, you people, it's a great point. It's a, you know, in this, people that are fans of football, me and you and everyone listening to this podcast, guy, girl, you're, you're a fan of college football and you see college football through the eyes of your own experiences as now an adult. Uh, you know, but just think of this name. Okay. Name a college you don't like. Okay. Whether a lot of people listen to this, like, Oh, I hate Auburn or oh, I hate LSU or oh, I hate Tennessee. Okay. Now close your eyes. You're a 17 or 18 year old boy. And you're taken to that place that you say you hate. And you are shown multi-million dollar facilities. You come from a poor high school with no supporter resources. <laughs> Now they show you multi-million dollar facilities. They show you this incredibly nice dorm with the free furniture. They show you the cafeteria with an endless amount of free food you get to eat for four or five years. Then you go to a a college party. You're in high school. You go to a college party with booze and hot college chicks. Friday night, Saturday night. The hottest girls on campus show you around personally. Are you, are, and I'm talking about at Auburn, at Tennessee, at LSU, these schools you hate. You don't think any 18-year-old boy wouldn't be going, holy shit, this place is awesome. I mean, that, think of it exactly through their right. eyes. Stop thinking like you're uh, as a 45-year-old middle-aged fan of a team. 
<laughs> look at it through their eyes. So, yeah, of course they had a good time on the trips. You would have had a good time on your trip to Auburn. Yeah, you too. You know, it's a lot like the uh, Eddie Murphy skit from uh, Raw. I think it was Raw when he said, um, you know, of course, if you start dating a girl and she, you don't, you know, get physical early on, when you finally get physical several months later, you're going to be like, this is the best thing ever. This is awesome. He said, if you were starving and somebody gave you a cracker, you'd be like, holy shit, this is the best cracker I've ever had. What is that, a rinse? And, but he said, after a few days of the same cracker, you're sort of like, hmm, I just had regular old crackers. <laughs> so, you know, once you go to that first visit, and that may be why the first visit is always so important, because that yep. may be the one that sticks in your mind. The tone you know, setter. When to the, yeah, when you go to that first visit, you know, you, you're going to have a blast. And then as, unless the, you know, if, if look, if he takes a visit to Memphis first and then to Auburn and then to Ohio State, you know, he's sort of ramping it up every time. But if yep. he goes to Auburn first and then Cincinnati second and Oregon State third, Auburn's going to stick out like, yeah, mm -hmm. this is the best shit ever. There's no doubt. Yep. Um, so that's why it's so important to, to have all these fantastic facilities because if Auburn is going to get your first visit, you've got to be able to show them, okay, you thought what you saw there was kick-ass. Wait, you get over here. Um, so that's – anyway, I just find it funny that everybody's oohing and on, even Alabama fans, about guys saying, I was just blown away on my visit. Those unbelievable. These guys hadn't been out of the goddamn house. <laughs> they, we've been in a pandemic. They're so happy to be anywhere. If you took them to Denny's, they'd be like, holy shit, have y'all tried the eggs? So <laughs> – <laughs> and, the, and it's inevitable when you, when you read, and you've got to read it, the subscription sites are there for a reason, and, and, and people need to take a step back and see. But has, has any kid ever not had a great visit? He had a great visit. Willie Williams. No. Willie Williams. <laughs> Do you remember he bitched about, I think he went to Auburn and bitched that, like, the, the lobster tails weren't big enough yeah. or something. Uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, of course, it's a great visit. I would have, I mean, I'm 51 years old. I, I, I wish, I wish I could go on an official visit this weekend to East Carolina. That's true. I would do that. I would do that. If somebody offered oh, me that, God. I would, I would love to go on an official visit to East Carolina. And why did I pick that it was just the most random small school I could think of. I would love to go on an official visit to East Carolina. And when I get back, you know what the report would say? Jimmy had a great visit. Okay, here's my take on it, and then we got to go to run out of time. That, you know, okay, my, I've got children. My, my oldest son is about to be going to college, so we're going to go on college visits. If I really wish uh, – well, I don't wish, but uh, if I were single, um, what, I, what I would do is say, okay, you got to recruit him and me. So <laughs> what, what we're, what we're going to do is you break out a lot of sundresses for him, and for me, you have a bunch of 40-year-old, good-looking divorcees with mom jeans that, uh, that show me around. You know, you got to win me over, too. you got to show me where a, a good Starbucks is. Your kid's you know? at a toga party. You're doing the electric slide with Terry Saban. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think this is, this is – I'm on to something here. You've got you to gotta wow the parents and, and the kids. I think this is great. So, 
All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, We will catch up with you guys tomorrow when Jimmy will resume his countdown. So until then, roll tide. Roll tide.